Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Welcome back here in historic Monoscrew Manor for your end of week special Friday night podcast here on Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the Unlucky Lounge, and joining me as always is our bear-tending buddy, Borok. My friend, we've got a real special guest lined up with us this week. You got it, my bear buddy. We've got great guests, good conversation, limited insight, and more. But before we get to all of that, let's have some housekeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, bleav.com. Wherever you download your audio goodness, keep those midday blues away with some wonderful shows from Believe Podcast Networks. And as always, this show is here because of all of you, my limited minded friends thank you for tuning in time is the best gift you could ever give anyone and your time is something that i hold dear and help us continue the greatness and content that this show provides by finding us on socials that's draft and draft Corey on twitter Corey damone enriquez on instagram and if the show is giving you some motivation some fun think about joining us on patreon.com backslash draft and draft help become a greater part of the community and some of the perks include our previous episode by having our first person join in at the three dollar tier it initiated one of our audio game shows so if you have yet to listen to our previous episode quizzical with listicles do that engage in that fun top five list meets trivia game and you can get into that event as well but time is tick tock ticking away friday at midnight that is when that cutoff comes into place so you can listen figure out what my top five uncommon artifact build arounds are in limited era during the pioneer days once you find that out go to that google sheet in the episode description fill it out no penalty for guessing you might as well just go ahead and give it a go cut off midnight eastern standard time give it a try who knows you might walk away with some sweet arena codage and once more thanks to all of our previous patrons all of my listeners all of you truly help keep the lights on here in the unlucky lounge well that is quite enough housekeeping the sorcerer's broom is put back into the conjurer's closet let's get to the feature table meet our guests and get some friday night drafting happening up in here Thank you very much. That thing was delicious. I love it. You know, Borak is pretty good at making do of what we can find here in the Blind Eternities, but while that drink's good, I gotta say, I really miss a good cough from Lodestone, if I may be so bold. The the Nitro Cold Brew was is definitely one of my favorites, and I definitely miss it. And I cannot wait for that moment to get a chance to get some of that good old coffee stuff again, but regardless, uh, it's so 
exciting to have you joining us here today, my unlucky lounge rats, all of my listeners. We have a very special guest, uh, an amazing streamer, uh, a great local friend of mine, and uh, a Star City big player, a champion himself, uh, Eric Hawkins. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us here at the feature table. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Uh, I do have to correct you on one thing, not quite a champion in the Star City, but uh, did a, do a lot of playing and it was a lot of fun. But I, that is one of the elusive trophies that I, I hope to one day be able to, to get up back on the road and, and, and get one of those. Well, regardless <laughs> of the actual cup, you are a champion to me. Be able to watch. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, of course, yeah. W would you mind uh, giving a, a little bit of an introduction? Tell some of my listeners about uh, your journey, maybe where you were introduced to magic, how you interact with it here today. Yeah, uh, so I was introduced to magic what feels like an eternity ago. Um, I was introduced at a at my old elementary school, and I had a bunch of friends that played chess, and they beat me up every single day in chess. I couldn't win a single <laughs> game. Uh, I would like learn a new opening, but they already knew it and all that stuff. And so eventually one of them brought this game, Magic the Gathering, and it was amazing. Uh, first game I played, I was playing like a white aggressive deck and they were playing like this control deck and I got this card Armageddon and cast oh. it and killed all their lands. And this I actually this little won a unassuming game. card, <laughs> a little, yeah. little ditty called Armageddon. <laughs> It was like one of the rares my, my friend opened and uh, it was it was awesome to play. Um, I got to beat them in a game for once. And so that's like when the love started. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, fast forward to, I mean, that was 19, what was it? 1995-ish, like end of 94, early 95. Uh, so fast forward 25 years <laughs> or is it? No, it's more than that, right? No, it's it, 25 years and uh, you know, still playing the game, but now playing it on Arena, uh, playing, you know, um, basically every day. I stream Monday through Friday on uh, twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk. And actually, my what I, you know, view as my biggest personal accomplishment actually happened not on stream, but on Arena. Um, I, I qualified for the last Mythic Invitational uh, back in January of this year playing Jun Food in on one of the Mythic Invitational qualifier weekends. Amazing. Congratulations on that too. I, I think I was out at sea at that moment, so I might have missed that beats. Uh, but that's so cool that you got to qualify for that. How what like that how was it to have high level magic competition, but in an online space? Or were you actually at an event site for that? Uh, no, I was actually here at the at the house that I'm at right now and it was it was really weird. Uh, luckily, I'm part of a team called uh, Sugoi, and it's like basically inside my house, right? Like to like run it back, it's like I'm playing this mat or this uh, this event all day long. Back then, you had to get ten wins before two losses, and I went ten and one, so you had like a little bit of like the the suspense and stuff. But at the end of the event, it basically arena was just kind of like uh, the event's over, and I was like, there's, like I was looking for like the confetti. Uh, you know, something <laughs> to go on. And uh, yeah, and then basically, so luckily for me, I, I went online and I, I talked to my team and I'm like, you know, everyone, I, I did it. And they were like, they were there and we jumped into like one of the voice chats on Discord and we were like celebrating and stuff. But it was just like, it was kind of weird because like at a, like, you know, at a Grand Prix, there'd be, you know, friends to, you know, high five or whatever. And 
you know, in, in this case, it was it was a little weird. That that's kind of you know why I prefer the you know being out in the uh, out in public. But obviously, you know, arena is the I think for the most part the future of of what Magic will be, uh, even if you know things kind of loosen up, the restrictions loosen up. Anticlimactic. Thy name is Mythic <laughs> yeah. Invitational. But can I just, I just want to go back to your origin story for a second because it actually. It uh, feels a lot to me because I actually was introduced around the world of card games inside of my school's chess club. But I remember even before I was introduced to card gaming through the chess club, I actually joined the chess club and became the president only as an opportunity to hit on a girl that I was crushing on. And then that <laughs> just happened to backdoor into magic. And I don't know why, but it that's just it just reminded me so much of my own journey. And I... I'm willing to bet a few people out there probably have a similar journey too. Yeah, absolutely. So I I know you're you're amazing in, in constructed magic, but I'm curious, have you had a chance to dig into some limited play with Zendikar Rising? I have played a little bit of Zendikar Rising, more than I thought I would. Um, I haven't played a, like I haven't played a lot of limited over the last couple of years. Uh, I would I would say that. Um, I was qualified for Mythic Invitation or Mythic Championship, whatever they're calling it, Pro Tour Richmond, um, like a, about a year ago now this time, maybe maybe a year and a half ago this time, and I played a lot of El Terrain Limited, but then I kind of like took a hiatus, and then um, everybody was talking about the party mechanic and how fun it was and all that stuff, and I I did play quite a few drafts of Zendikar Rising, but uh, I would still say that I play mostly constructed. I really adored. Throne of Eldrain, and it's coming back next week, and I am going to spend a lot of hours trying to climb the ladder off of one of my favorite planes in recent history. Uh, but yeah, Zenicar Rising, it's fun. Modal double face cards are cool. Party mechanic, well-balanced, and I think that it's going to uh, provide some fun here. You ready to jump into some drafts here, Eric? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, and as our draft is loading up here, we have a little tradition. Before we jump into that first pick, we have something we like to call the untapped step. So friends listening out there here in the Unlucky Lounge, grab yourself a drink, grab yourself a celebration, be it water, be it coffee, be it an actual drink. And let's cheers to a good draft. Eric, cheers to you. Cheers to you. As I am drinking cucumber mint whatever because it's refreshing and zero calories because I think I need to lose a few LBs during COVID. The COVID-19 is real for me. Oh yeah. Same here. <laughs> so, so our rare in the pack here is Inscription of Insight. It's the big kicker sorcery spell. Uh, I've got a pretty strong opinion of this card, Eric. How do you feel about this inscription? Um, I like it, but I, I could definitely see, like I, I love all the modes on it, but it is a lot of mana. Um, it is it is a but, lot of mana and, and like it almost feels like almost a green blue card trying to like mm -hmm. get a little bit more on it's almost like a hidden second color you know the kicker cards really go up and 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 are for me when the when you have like the really good uncommon uh so i might like it a little bit better there as well roost um, of drakes and vine gecko pair very nicely with any of the kicker cards absolutely yeah. and speaking of we have a bubble snare also in this pack there's a thwart the grave palaka predation relic axe which is nothing i really want to take on in like the early picks like what are you leaning here towards eric i like either the bubble snare or the rare but i think i like bubble snare a little bit more the versatility of an early removal spell it's basically the blue swords of plowshare and i'm i'm very happy with a blue swords to plowshare absolutely uh, all the uncommons still in the pack. Demon's Disciple, Spike Field Hazard. I, I like this one a lot. It's very narrow, but the land option makes it so oh, yeah. flexible. 
Uh, Iridescent Horn Beetle, how do you feel about the counters deck in this format, Eric? I've been relatively unimpressed thus far. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not with it. I, I think that they, they do too much about like gumming up the board, and if you gum up the board too much, it feels like the party deck just kind of takes over, and it's almost even like a little bit more part of powerful. That's actually a really good point. It's like party just does better at coming up the board because they just get more value off of having all their creatures on the battlefield. Yeah. But if we're early in the in the picks here, I mean, you can't really negate any of the good removal. Removal in this pack would include the Rabbit Bite, the two uncommons we talked about. But I've kind of picked up on this Deadly Alliance here. This is like the best black common. I just feel yeah. like it's the right lane to go down to. And blue-black in general has been a, a very successful color pair for me. So I think we're happy to take this up here. Yeah, but also like the fact that it's just like basically four mana and it, and it can get cheaper as well. Yeah, it, it is basically four mana. If you're like the red black party deck, I've seen it down to two, often at three. But even if you're paying all that cost for it, I'm not actually that fussed because it does the job that it needs to. Oh yeah. Pick three, pack one, uncommons, Salundi Vision, the blue MDFC that searches for an instant sorcery from the top six cards of your library. But we did find one of those kicker payoff cards in this pack in a Vine Gecko. I do adore me a Vine Gecko. Not as good as Roof of Drakes, but still it's quite a good card. Yeah, I like I like Vine Gecko here. I also do like the Salundi Visions because of the yeah, the alliance that we picked up a little bit ago. But I, I think uh the gecko might be like a a, a, a I guess like a like a signal that the the kicker deck might be a little bit open, and the blue green deck I think is one of the better decks in the format, and it is possible in blue green for you to maybe go into a third color. But overall, I've been pretty unimpressed with going beyond two colors. So how have you been feeling about maybe splashing around in this format? Yay, nay? Uh, I'm not huge on it. The mana fixing isn't super great, um, so I do like to stick to mostly just two, especially if you start getting kicker things with like extra. Uh, colored pips uh, in their mana cost. Well, you know, we mentioned before about the black-green deck, and we have two different uncommon payoffs for the black-green deck in Skyclave, Shadowcat, Moss Pit Skeleton. Both of them, I'm just like not that excited about the deck. I'd almost rather take this Rabid Bite in this pack. Green removal, it's it's so, it's such a higher priority card when you're getting into the blue-green deck for me. Yeah, I, I like Rabid Bite a lot. I, that, that's a card that I've just been liking uh, these the creatures are usually pretty decent. The the fighting on it is is also very good. So I like it. I am down to clown with some rabbit biting. Uh, pick five, pack one. This is a bit of a a whiff from what I'm yeah. smelling. The rare is still there. It's the green red MDFC land. Skyclave Geopede has been impressive to me, but I do not want to touch red green if I do not have mm -hmm. to. I think I'd rather just pass the Geopede and hope somebody takes it. Yeah, and that's another thing too, is sending clear signals and very clean signals to people to our left uh, is really a big payoff. There is another uncommon uh, card here in Relic Golem, 6-6, six, six, that has the mill payoff. It can kind of win by itself, but besides that, the other strong card is like a Malakir Blood Priest. Where are you leaning here? Um, I think I like the 6-6, six, six, but the Blood Priest is okay, but I, I think I like the 6-6. Six, six. I think I'm there too. I can see spaces where we just build that 6-6 six, six and just play it as it is and not be too sad about it. Well, this is too bad. <laughs> this pack's not too bad for us at all. The MDFC's there, uh, which is Tangle Florahedron, the one one that uh, accelerates you. Uh, but there's also an Into the Royal. Yeah. Now, I've heard some people kind of calm down a little bit on this one one elemental hedron over time because it both sides kind of does what 
it does on the other side and it's a little bit narrower on its widespread of what it can do as a card which almost leads me more towards this into the royal what, what are you feeling i i love into the royal um i think philohegion is a very good card i think you, you should pick it up in a lot of spots but i think here i just want the end of the royal pushed towards our our uh two drop our fine gecko um I, I really just like pushing that a little bit more you do not have to convince me because i'm very happy taking that into the royal uh pick seven there is a skyclave sentinel this is a decent enough kicker card i kind of like it uh, i don't want to take it this early i mean i guess it is pick seven in pack one besides that there's a zulport duelist a spring master cleric and a blood beckoning and what we have in our colors thus far i don't want to take a minor marasa I, I definitely am not feeling that card in this format no i, I think it's probably just the sentinel um the other ones like require us to be in other colors uh or like i, I guess like the green uncommon doesn't but i think i just like rather just have cab this and if we don't end up being one of these colors the the sentinel will make either one of the decks or any of the decks yeah, I, I agree. I've, I've been more impressed with Sentinel uh, like as time has developed, and I'm relatively happy about getting that. Uh, that is pick a eight. late bug catcher. That is, that is a late bug catcher, yes. This card is fantastic. It's really good in the red decks. Is this a signal? And I don't I, think it if it be. is, I, I don't want to take the signal. I just don't think it's right. I think I'm just going to take this green card and send a signal to my left and just say no green yeah. to them. Like, unfortunately, a whiff in, in pack eight or pick eight of pack one, but I think we'll take Ooh. it. Now Now we've we tabled the Palaka Predation, the black MDFC. That's kind of nice. You know, like, are, are you on board with this like off-color oh, yeah. splashing MDFC plans? Yeah, I like I like the Perdition. The Perdition is definitely the best card in this pack. And we're only three, we have three green cards, two blue cards, and this will be our second black card. So it's not like we're 100% in any of these colors. And I think just taking the best card in the pack um, that is in one of the colors that we are already. I think it's just like something that we can just do. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is well, this this is kind of a card that I see table often because the black green counter deck is not something people want to draft. Iridescent Horn Beetle came back around. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the skeleton or the cat in the next pick or two. It just people don't like to draft decks that are not the best decks on the ladder. I just feel like that's a true statement. Yeah. Definitely see that. Uh, this is kind of this is the time I like to call it garbage time. We'll take this canopy bail off. <laughs> There's no, nothing in here really for us to take. Uh, yeah. uh, turning the corner into pack two, I'd love to find where we want to cement ourselves into one of our second colors. I feel like we're undeniably green, uh, but where to go from there? I'm not quite sure whether it's blue or black, but I'm very willing to stay open to either of the two colors to try and pair us into the next step. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the rare and all the uncommons are both red and white colors that we are not going to touch with a 10 pull in this deck. There is, though, one of the more flexible commons in this pack in Stonework Pack Beast. I, I, I've slowly brought this up in my pick order. I haven't yet taken it first pick, I think, out of any pack. Besides that, there's a Cunning Geyser Mage, Kadanzu Stomper, Subtle Strike, Blood Price. This is really a junker of a pack for us. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the first six cards just like laid out in the pack are black or are red and white. Um, I don't mind a pack beast. It might be like that way we can maybe splash Deadly Alliance. Um, it does have some like party synergies. <sighs> yeah, I, I just don't. I don't want to take it, but I just don't think anything else. I, do, I don't want to take that Geyser Mage this early. It's just not yeah. great. Okay. Okay. 
right. I like this so one. Got... <laughs> this is this is a mythic. Uh, Seagate Stormcaller, uh, the 2-1 that when it ETBs, you copy the next instant or sorcery spell with a CMC of two or less. And then if it gets kicked, you copy it twice. I guess we have Rabbit Bite, Minor Morassa, and Into the Royal right now. It's kind of interactive with what we have going on so far. Is this kind of our signal to go into blue, you think? I think so. I, I like this card a lot. I mean, the 2-1 the body just for itself is great. If you can just like do it with an Into the Royal, it's it's amazing. Uh, if you can do it with a Kicked Into the Royal, like, I mean, yeah, I like this card. Yeah, I've never actually played this card in any format. Uh, so we'll take it, and I think the format's slow enough that I, I'm not too concerned about having to spend a little bit more mana to copy a spell. Wow, this is an interesting pick three out of pack two. Yeah. So the rare is still there. It's no Priest of Oblivion. Sadly, I don't think we're there, because we have to get two black, and I think we're just away from that at this moment. There's a Solemn Division. Uh, there's a Veteran Adventurer and a Tazim Royal Mage. Those are the three cards I'm really looking at. How are you feeling about these three cards? Like, I, I almost like want to lean to the MDFC, but I could certainly see taking a Royal Mage here. Yeah, I mean, Royal Mage with Into the Royal is really good. It's just so good. Um, I, I understand the want to go to the Vision uh, because like having more MDFCs is just better, but I, I think we can't pass up on a Royal Mage. I mean, it's in the name, right? Royal Mage, Into the Royal? Yeah. We're just we're just pairing things up. This isn't our fault. This is just what the cards are telling us to do. Uh, pick four, pack two. There's a Draga Visionary. There is a Dauntless Survivor, but there's also Risen Riptide. I'm kind of excited for this card in what we're doing if we're trying to lean to blue-green. Yeah, it also gives us a lot of power. Uh, that's like something kind of our deck is lacking if we don't if we don't end up uh, getting some of more like the higher stuff, like our, our best cards right now, or our like standalone cards are kind of just like Canopy Bailoth. Um, I think this I think uh, this is a great defensive card and it can be really good if offensively with all of the spells that we currently have. Definitely agree, happy to put that in the pack. Well, how deep do we want our splash to go? There's a second Deadly Alliance that we could take here. Another Skyclave Sentinel, not a fan of Cascade Seer in this situation, that's a card I'm happy to table around. Clearly, yeah. we're being sent both red and white signals, but we're landing on one of those three cards. I'm almost inclined to lean towards the Deadly Alliance, but again, I just don't like splashing a third color if I don't have to. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it is the best card, but I don't know. Like, the safe pick, I think, is the Sentinel, but I think the Deadly Alliance is is a better card. Um, but like you said, it, it is it is a it is a splash. Um, but I, I think I like it better than the, than the alternatives. I'll take the Alliance, probably not play either of them if we don't have to, but and then move on with my life. A little bit sad, but that's okay. Uh, pick six has got some options. Cunning Geyser Mage, this is like a good time for me. I feel like taking a Cunning, Cunning Geyser Mage. Kadanzu Nectarpod has impressed me a little bit, but there's also an Anti-Cognition, and I like that level of interaction. How are you feeling? I'm kind of leaning towards Geyser Mage or Anti-Cognition. I like, I like Geyser Mage, I think, more than Anti-Cognition, uh, just because we picked up the Risen Riptide. Uh, we just like want more kicker stuff, I think. Yeah, uh, pick seven. I see a glacial grasp. Very happy with that. If we want to maybe try to put this relic golem in the deck, but also it interacts with the board, and that's something we just I think want to have. Besides that, living tempest or Tajir's snarecaster, not into it. Yeah, not into it. Hey, another Ooh. risen riptide. Okay, I'm in. Starting to get paid I'm off in. a little bit. 
I mean, suddenly this deck went from just green, blue, good stuff to having a plan. There's some kicker stuff going on. I'd love to see a field research. Another bubble snare too would make me happy. We're gonna table a second geyser mage. We're on the way. We're on the way, Eric. Something's happening. Something's yeah. happening. I don't know if it's good, but something's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I will agree. The this deck is like one powerful card short. Um, getting you know just like one of the another gecko or or possibly the the enchantment that the name always. Ooh. We we tabled us uh, of Solemnity Visions, which is pretty great. That's a that's nice, and it's a signal that I wasn't expecting to see. Uh, but yeah, Rusa Drakes I think would be an amazing thing to get opened or passed. Mm -hmm. And then I think we we really feel a lot better about what this game plan is going. I would also love to see uh, a field research just get some more card draw going here. Hey, all right, we got some some blue stuff at Uncommon. There's a Black Bloom Rogue there, Surefooted Infiltrator, Ski Thieving Skydiver. I think these are some decent options. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I haven't played with Skydiver too much in this format. How much? How have you liked the Skydiver in the format? It can nab one of the Relic Uncommons, which is nice. It doesn't really play with the equipment because there's not that many worthwhile equipment at all to play. And okay. at least you can kick this for one and have no target and still get your kicker triggers. So it's something that's unique about this card is you don't actually need a target. And I think the fact that we have a number of kicker cards already, I kind of want to just lean into it. It's also a two one flyer for two. We'll take okay. it. Not not horribly happy, but I think it's good enough to go with what we're trying to do. Right. Well, this, this certainly seems like a whiff of nothing. Yeah, I am going to agree with that wholeheartedly. The pack is mostly red and white again. Um, yeah, there's a turn I, I mean, timber ascetic. There's a shell shield. Ugh, I think we almost take the shell shield if only yeah. for the double risen riptides. Yeah, I think I agree with you, but I'm not happy about any of these picks. Shell shield is something I've kind of seen evolve a little bit to more of a card I'm happy to play, especially when we have Vine Gecko double risen riptide. We'll play it. It gives us more option to not have to play our black, and I'm pretty mm -hmm. happy about that. Hey, whoa, that's a kicker pick. There we go. I never saw. Marasa Sproutling. Love me a 3-3 three, three for 3. It's a plant elemental. It's adorable. It brings back a kicker card. It slices. It dices. It does all the things that you see on a late night infomercial. Boom. Yeah. Just like a, a, a playable power and toughness. Uh, draw it late in the game. Great card. I, I, I like everything about this for our deck for sure. Uh, going into pick Four, pack three. There's a relic amulet, which I've seen green blue wizards. We're not there, like we're not in that deck, but I'm wondering, have you heard about the green blue wizards deck? Is it a thing? I'm not convinced. Yeah, one of my one of my teammates believes wholeheartedly in the relic. Uh and just absolutely loves it. And yeah, I mean they 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 play a lot more limited than I do, uh, but they they will never pass that card early in a draft. So. Well, we'll take it. We'll take it now. I've seen it do work. I've had it do work for me before. Uh, and we can follow that up with taking a Draza, Draga Visionary. It's a wizard. It's yeah. green. You know? Uh, there's really nothing else in, in pick five, pack three. I mean, there's another Air Dance and Corn Beetle. Some, I mean, there's a Skyclave Squid. I do like this card. It actually basically is a three, two for two that it can attack whenever you need it to. Yeah. Uh, I think I like, I like, I think I like the Visionary. Uh, we have yeah. a lot of twos. Kind of hanging out um some of them we don't want to play at two though so maybe maybe they aren't really twos but well this yeah, is i we think have a, we have the actually, option to take a squid here too <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, we can take another squid, but we could also take the but, second ooh. black MDFC, and that's like kind of saying we're gonna lean into the splash, or there's a scythe cat. I think it's one of those two cards. Like I'm, I, you're right about the clog on two. Like, do we want to try this black, or are we just gonna stick with the scythe cat? I think I like scythe cat. Um, scythe cat doesn't cause us to have to play the splash, and then it's, it's I mean, it's this really solid card. Well, talk about a ding. Wow, that is a late bubble snare. Pick seven, pack three. So, something's happening. Something's bubbling for this deck. Something's a brewing. Yeah. Bubble snare. You said it was the Have Blue you, Swords of Plowshares. It is the Blue Swords of Plowshares. I used to think that uh, blue card from Innistrad was sensory deprivation. That used to be it. No. <laughs> no more. No. No, it's all about bubble snare. That card's insane. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, so we're here in garbage time, rounding out the pack. Uh, just looking at this deck, how we've kind of laid it out, what it looks like right now. Ooh, Kadanzu Stomper or Cherk of Quil uh, Chill Depths? I think you go with Stomper here, right? Yeah, I like the Stomper. Yeah, it's a big guy. So we, we didn't end up with the Rusa Drakes, but quite frankly, that's the mythic uncommon of the set. It's hard to oh, find. Yeah. It's it's hard to get, but how are you feeling about this deck right now? Just a cursory look. Uh, I like it. It, it needs... Uh like something in the way or i think i like the thing that it's actually missing is something in the way of like keep fueling the fire i guess uh but if we get like the decent draws we'll be able to you know get these riptides into the com into combat a lot um and i think i think we're like very very we're like right at the edge of that and i'm not really sure exactly where the edge like which side of the edge we're on i guess you know, this happened to us in a previous Friday night podcast. We did a blue-green deck. It was like kind of okay, and it only got a few wins. So we'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, we're gonna take a second to look at the deck, kind of boil it down to a forty. Uh, my unlucky lounge rats, go ahead, get a refresh, get a refill, get relaxed. We'll be back after a short break with a little bit of gameplay and a little bit of deck theory. Stick around, all my friends. Welcome back, all my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you got a refresh, and I hope you're ready for some deep dives into some more blue-green stuff, as though we haven't talked about this deck enough already. Eric, we we, we boil it down to 40. The last few cards were uh, they were they were a bit tricky to get to, but I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I love talking about 23rd cards. I, I, just, I don't really care about the first 20. 20 through 23 have always been the cards I care most about talking about, because I feel like they have so much good conversation and our final cuts here really highlights some of those final choices we had to make take for example uh the relic amulet like we had a good talk about that for a while yeah i mean the relic amulet is a card that in the right decks it is going to be one of your most powerful cards it just allows you to have this like limitless removals you know removal for other creatures but i i, I just don't see it in this deck um, I think we are like I think you 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 know did that nice handy dandy thing on Arena. Um, <laughs> we we came up with like eleven hits for it, and you're gonna kill maybe one decent thing with it, and then it's just gonna hang out. And I don't think that's really that that big of a deal. You make a great point. I think when it comes to a card like Relic Amulet, I think you can play it in many different types of decks. It's not just isolated to red blue wizards builds you can maybe put something together with say a green blue wizards build but 
in order for this card to be worth it, I think you really need to get at least two creatures off of it and have a deck that can get that consistently. We have 11 hits. That's just not enough for me, especially if you're not drawing it on turn two and playing it out straight away. Yeah, I think that last point is really big because like in in like those decks that are like built around that card, it doesn't matter if you draw it late because your next draws will fuel it. In our deck, if we just drew say four of the hits early, drew it late, it's not gonna it's not gonna work very often um and then there it might just fail at, at just like being a card in general yeah absolutely right and then our last cup cuts were second turn timber static i actually like having one of these five fours at game three in like every green deck but i definitely don't want to play two and the might of marasa we've got a fair number of kicker payoffs we have double risen riptide we've got the vine gecko it feels Pretty okay. Also, the Marasa Sproutling, but I this card just has been so rough in this format. This is not a pump spell kind of format. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with that. I, I do understand the want to like play every kicker spell, but I mean, eh, I it, like I don't want to get two for one. Um, and then a lot of the times, like our, our stuff doesn't have a ton of evasion anyway, is where I might be wanting to play that a card like that. Fair point. Uh, and just Into the Royal being so good, that just makes me want to actively not play that card. But we've got our 40, we've got our match launched, and we're going to give this deck a try. And we're probably going to start off by mulliganing this really unfortunate hand. It's uh, <laughs> It's got double bubble snare and no islands. I would happily keep it if I had a single island, but uh, nope, we're going to... Oh, I definitely pressed the wrong button there. Uh, yeah, well, we we actually kept it, but that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna LSB this. We're gonna get rewarded for our bad choices. We drew a solar hey, pack beast. Pack beast. <laughs> it's kind of like blue. Uh, it is blue when you work for it. It will cast a bubble snare. It will cast a bubble snare. That is true. Also means we're probably never gonna block with this. And <laughs> yeah, uh, if we can if we can draw a land land and like I'd be pretty okay with this. Uh, yeah. So this is just listeners. Hey. Look at your buttons before you click them. I do that sometimes, but you know what? That's what's going to happen. That's what happens when Borok really makes a heavy drink, Eric. What can I say? The drinks are great. Our, so I don't our fault you start... for having a few. Yeah, there you go. Uh, our opponent's starting off pretty strongly here. They're going Risen Riptide, Dauntless Survivor. They're basically playing what our deck wants to be. I'm wondering if it's a little bit better. Uh, we do a Rabbit Bite. Unfortunately, we're going to be stalled on two lands here. I think we're just going to Rabbit Bite the Survivor right now. And then we can bubble snare the Risen Riptide if we need to. Yeah, I mean, having a plan for our, our opponent's two creatures is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. So if we can still draw a land or two, we can maybe get out of this. Uh, but uh, tell us, Eric, what's been your secret to surviving 2020? Just like something, like, like a recommendation. Like, uh, it doesn't have to be a magic thing. Maybe it's just like taking a walk per day, treating yourself once per week. Like, what, what's been your uh, secret to making life just a little bit better in these times? Um, I don't know. Just like, I'm, I'm pretty lucky to live uh, with my my significant other. That's definitely helped. Um, and just like, you know, but like you said, we, like we go outside, we go for a walk, uh, go look at, you know, the fall colors, although they're basically gone in Minnesota now, but just like doing stuff like that, at least like once a week is definitely helped. Truth. And well, it looks like they're now going Risen Riptide into Rooster Drakes. Uh, that's pretty bad for us. Yeah. Uh, Rooster Drakes is basically unbeatable, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it gives certain credence to uh, uh, the value of Feed the Swarm in this format. And what a unique card, Black Enchantment Removal. 
Would you have ever thought? That, when they first said that, I was like, this is going to be like the most busted card that's ever existed. Um, and not because like it's going to like break a game, but it's just like, how many times have you played against uh, like a black reanimation deck that just like can't be like a ley line or a rest in peace and then you felt really safe? And now they're just like, I don't even have to splash green. I can just get rid of it. It's like, that's just messed up. So do you think this, like, this card is going to make waves in constructed formats too? I, I definitely think so. There was like, um, one of my teammates was one of the people that like kind of helped mold the deck that Matt Nass took to the top of the Mythic Invitational, um, which was the mono black God Pharaoh's gift deck. And one of the hard things for them was like, how do you beat a Leyline of the Void? Well, with this card, you could just beat a Leyline of the Void. You could just kill it, right? Like, yeah. you, you don't even yeah. have to like do anything awkward with the mana. So that was that was definitely a huge boost for that that style of deck. Yeah, the deck was really sweet too. Uh, playing around in the the modern and uh, even in like the historic space of arena, it's so unique and so fun to engage with. Uh, this one's gonna be a, a pretty easy. We lose. We just literally, I like, I've, we've been talking through this entire time and literally have not drawn a single land here. So that, <laughs> that's how life goes. You know, that's how life goes. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you put in eighteen lands and it just doesn't happen. Uh, in all honesty, it's been really amazing to see you again, Eric, and have you uh, join us here for some Friday Night Podcasting. Can you do me a favor and let all of my listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, uh, the easiest place to find me is on Twitter, at ConanHawk. Um, otherwise, you can also catch my stream, twitch.tv slash ConanHawk. Like I said, uh, the majority of Monday through Fridays, I stream and that's going to be at 10 a.m. Central Time to roughly about 3.30 uh, p.m. Central Time. I'm usually playing standard, uh, but uh, every once in a while I'll, I'll do a draft. Uh, today I actually streamed a non-Magic game called Genshin Ooh. Impact. That was like a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, uh, trying to mix it up a little bit gives the viewers a little bit something different to see as well. So uh, definitely check me out at one of those spots. I was totally anticipating you saying that you were going to stream some Fall Guys or Among Us. Have you been into those uh, uh, crazes in the last few months? Uh, not so much Fall Guys. Uh, a lot of my teammates have. Uh, but the the uh, Among Us was a lot of fun and uh, played a lot of it. And it was really funny because Serena had or played with us. And she was like, so excited to do the task. She like did not <laughs> like being the, uh, the imposter. Uh, also, her favorite thing was being the ghost so she could go through walls and do their tasks faster. She's got the right priorities, and that's not at all sus. And you know what's also not sus? You, sir, are not sus at all. Thank you so much for joining us here for this week. But you know what? Even though we didn't get this one, I think it's time for a little celebration. Do you want to stick around for uh, another drink here at the Unlucky Lounge? Absolutely. Keep those drinks rolling. Get that beautiful bear over here. And let's have Come on, one. Borok. Let's go, Borak. Come on. Double time. <laughs> Once more, big thank you to our guest of the week, Eric Hawkins, local Minnesota friend. You can find him on Twitch and Twitter at Conan Hawk. Check out some of his streams. Great insights. A lot of good strategic backing from my standard players out there. And join him for a draft just like you join me each and every week here on Friday Night Podcast. And once more, the episode 35 trivia game 
Quizzical with Listicles. The deadline submission to get a chance to win some sweet arena codage. It is TikToking away. In fact, if you download this episode today, on Friday, October 23rd, it is due by midnight this night. So take a listen to that episode. See if you can assemble that top five list and enter for a sweet sweepstakes. And as always, find us on those socials, Corey, Demone, Enriquez on Instagram, Draft and Draft Corey on Twitter. And if you want to help contribute to this unlucky lounge, patreon.com backslash draft and draft in fact all of my patrons are also time travelers they get the episodes just a little bit earlier than the rest of the general public so if you want an edge on getting to your friday a little bit quicker come join us on patreon we'll keep the lights on for you well friends it looks like i've reached the bottom of my drink and so we've reached the end of another episode my name is Corey, joined alongside borok this is Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.